Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. I, don't have, I can put my glasses on, too. <laughs> oh, I'll put mine on, too. <laughs> yeah, everyone, yeah. wear your glasses. Whoa. It's cool. Glasses these actually might be helpful anyway. It's the blue light glasses <laughs> for looking at the sure. <laughs> screen all day. <laughs> Fantastic. Guys, it's a doozy of a day. We have a lot to talk about, <laughs> a lot to discuss, and a lot of trigger warnings. I can't wait for Jamie to just get into all of that because there's so many. But we are talking about the 2023 science fiction horror movie, Infinity Pool. Members of the bus! Let's go for a swim, baby. <laughs> Swimming in blood. Lots of blood, <laughs> guys. <laughs> so this movie was written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg, and this movie stars Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth, and Cleopatra Coleman, to name a few. So obviously heavy spoilers for Infinity Pool and Jamie. Let's just get started on those trigger warnings. Check, 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 check. Oh, man. I... Okay, so there <laughs> definitely are insides on the outside. Uh, there are images of sex and sexuality. There's also, I would say, some non, not so consenting, yes, uh, assaulty that's happening. Um, there are, there's a lot of drug use, hallucinations, um, breastfeeding. Um, question mark? Mm-hmm. Question, question mark? mark? Nipples? Uh, <laughs> some people yes. are afraid of nipples. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, general disturbing imagery, creepy masks, like very creepy mm-hmm. masks. Um, lots of stabby stabs. Yeah, just lots lots of insides on outsides. Uh, so stabbies, many. slicing, neck shooting in legs. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to jump in here. Uh Thelophobia, T-H-E-L-E-P-H-O-B-I-A. Thelophobia is the fear of nipples. <laughs> Thank you, uh, producer Brian, for the more you know. In. I want to be clear, I'm not afraid of nipples, but like there are a lot of nipples, and in those dream sequences, there are some wild nipple sequences. <laughs> Just want to make morning. sure we're super clear. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a whole term for it. So yeah. absolutely. We got to we gotta make sure that we cover that. You're, you're, you're welcome, listeners. <laughs> yeah, was worried. Jeez. 
Well, I mean, let's get into the things. Producer Brian, tell us some more stuff besides the term for being fearful of nipples. Yeah, no problem. I'll uh, <laughs> make sure to stick to the fact that we are on YouTube. Hi, everybody. Hey. Oh. Uh, hey, oh. Yes. We're on YouTube. Uh, you can see us all putting our glasses on. If you switch over to YouTube, we did take mm-hmm. them off, except for Jamie, <laughs> just you know, just filling you in. Um, you can, of <laughs> course, see us... <laughs> And follow us on all social media. Um, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Talk Horror Pod. Wanted to slow down there so you can get that. Follow us. We have over 11K on TikTok now. And we have playlists. So if you're like, wow, I really like this one specific thing that that we're doing. Like Mm -hmm. we're going uh, horror movies by year. Uh, I looked, I watched movie trailers that we don't necessarily talk about on this podcast. We're reviewing movies that we don't talk about on this podcast. We're doing fun lists like the worst partners in horror movies and stuff like that. So definitely check us out on TikTok. Uh, Back to you, Nikisha. Beautiful. Well, speaking of things that we don't necessarily talk about on the podcast, is there anything new that you guys have watched? Uh, we did. Jamie, do you want to tell uh, Nikisha oh God, what, oh God, oh God. what 2000s <laughs> classic that we watched? <laughs> um, I do. I was trying to think of a funny way to do it, and my mind totally went blank. Um, we okay. rewatched Scary Movie. Like the scary, the movie. scary movie, the scary movie, the very yeah, it's on first HBO. one. Oh no way! Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I will have to revisit. <clears throat> How was it watching it now in the year of Beyonce twenty twenty three? It was it was definitely weird. Um, there was like so much, obviously, that I remembered because like mm-hmm. we also rewatched. Scream and I know what you did last summer recently and so like all of those scenes are super fresh and it really is a like verbatim where they just redid those scenes but all the stuff in between is very weird some of it I really didn't like and a lot of it doesn't hold up (laughs) I'm sure that's what I wanted to hear because I feel like a lot does not hold up. I'd yeah, say the like, whole thing with Doofy is like, oh, this is like I'm like cringing, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I would almost argue that seventy five percent of the movie doesn't hold up, but the twenty five percent that does is the stuff that makes fun of horror movies. Yeah. And and, yeah. and that is because it's like exactly what is already in the horror movies that we've already seen. Yeah. It's also a crazy time capsule because you have like mm. the Budweiser was up commercials in there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you, my gosh. Honestly, yeah. like I don't even know if people talk about usable suspects the same way now that they did in like late 90s, early 2000s, like the ending mm-hmm. of the movie and stuff like that. So like. Super time capsule, but like like Jamie said, the stuff that relates directly to making fun of the '90s horror movies definitely um, still lands. Nice. Is the first one the one with the basketball scene, or is that the second one? I think I that's, that's the second, second one. one. Yeah, okay. this one yeah. just has the uh, <laughs> this one just has all of the uh, locker <laughs> room stuff with uh, um, 
uh, with what's his name? Uh, like they, they all question what's his name sexuality. Which, oh like, d- yes, does not hold up at all. Yeah, I, t- I blocked all of that out of my out like, of my memory. I was like, oh my god! Like I don't remember. I didn't remember that as part of the plot at all. Yeah, because it was one of the weigh-ins, right? That they were. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah Marlon yeah. plays the yeah. the dumb little brother, right? And then. Mm-hmm. Um, the stoner. The stoner. And then yeah. Sean plays the character who, like, is always making, uh, like, like sexual innuendos about, like, his sexuality and, like, what mm. could be and what isn't. And it's just, like, <clears throat> I don't know. <clears throat> Definitely rubbed me the wrong yeah. way. Oh, man. I mean... Th- yeah, it's like some things you just want to leave for when you just watched it and you don't need to revisit it because mm-hmm. it can really just kind of change your perspective on the movie. But I yeah. mean, hey, why watch that when you can just have the real stuff? Watch <laughs> very, Scream very and, and her run away crazily while talking to her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. But that that was really funny yeah. when Anna yes. Ferris runs away and it's like, oh, yes, this is exactly what happened. Right. She did it the same exact the same way. way. We belly same laughed way. a lot. Like, don't mm, get me wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah, lots yeah. of belly laughs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. When it's actually focusing. Oh, also forgot that, like, they referenced The Matrix in this, where it's like, that's oh, not even a horror movie. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> they said, what is relevant in pop culture right now? Yes. yes. Let's uh-huh. just throw it in. <clears throat> On mm-hmm. top of the horror movie. Yeah. Well, oh, I liked the Blair Witch Project uh, reference. Sherry O'Terry oh, stuff. Yeah, 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 Sherry yeah. O'Terry playing uh, Gail Hailstorm um, <laughs> and just like yeah. snot endlessly running out of her nose into the camera. Yes. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, speaking of just belly and snot and things, y'all, <laughs> I watched Possessor. <laughs> and it's definitely not a movie to watch before you go to bed, but no. that's what oh, happened. Man. No. <laughs> and you know, just trying to get on the Brandon Cronenberg train, which now it makes sense. I watched Infinity Pool first, and then I watched Possessor. Oh, interesting. So, because I didn't know if I would have time to watch Possessor, um, but it all makes sense. Just in how he shoots, it's very much kind of the same, or it is very much the same aesthetic and the same uh, level of gore. I kept thinking about what was the term? Morer? More? Morier? Morer. Morer. Oh, yeah, more. Morer. More horror, more gore, more. And it, it, that possessor gave me way more than I ever thought that I wanted of <laughs> um, gore and blood and. Stabby stabs in the stomach. No belly laughs. A lot of stabby bellies mm. in, yeah. in Possessor. Possessor really is a movie that truly messed me up. Um, minor spoiler alerts for our listeners right now. I know we're talking about Infinity Pool, but I do want to talk mm-hmm. about Possessor for a moment. Um, and this movie has it too, Infinity Pool. Mm-hmm. Um, that that feeling of not being able to escape something when you really want to. And when it's so personalized in Possessor, mm-hmm. like at, at the, that opening <clears throat> sequence, opening sequence at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. when he when he when he tries to kill himself but he can't, and he's mm-hmm. like stuck in this body, is tr- truly something that I I can never let go because all of a sudden you're living a life that you weren't supposed to be living, and mm-hmm. it is and you're you. you there's no comfort. Literally, the skin is crawling around you. It's. Tr- I will. N- I will never watch any of these two movies ever again. Um, like I got it. I'm good. I will watch 
Brandon Cronenberg's next movie because I really like him as a director. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I'm good. Oh my god, Possessor. Oh, Possessor really messed me up for a long time. It's and but I love the concept, mm. and it just reminds me. I mean, it was felt like a whole Black Mirror movie. Yeah, uh, just because of the technology and the science fiction of it all, I thought it was uh, really interesting. But man, I was just stuck on how much gore was was happening in it. But it is. And then the family at the end, it's just so sad. It's so sad, mm-hmm. but we won't get into that. Yeah, the, about uh, that. <laughs> the blood doesn't fall far from the tree. The gore doesn't Eek. fall far from the tree, maybe. Eek. The blood doesn't fall far from the Cronenberg. <laughs> yes. Because so much. <laughs> Grand. Well, let's get into everything that is Infinity Pool. And I feel like I'm probably going to get both of them mixed up because I've watched them back to back. But we're going to make it happen. I think it is, unfortunately, Jamie's turn. For a two-minute uh, plot summary. Uh, the what happened in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> What's the plot? What actually happened? All right. You have two minutes to tell us the plot, the very high-level plot of <laughs> Infinity Pool. I opened the calculator, so I'm going to go really and... High. <laughs> All right. Always now, calculator. we are on the stop timer. Two minutes. And tell us about Infinity Pool, Jamie. Go. Okay. So novelist James and his rich wife, M are on vacation in this made-up fancy country. They meet uh, Mia Goth's character and her husband, Albin, and decide to hang out with them. They leave the resort and they get drunk and accidentally hit and kill a local person. Um, They end up getting arrested and find out that like they have to, he has to die. Um, That's his punishment for killing somebody, but you can pay to have a clone made for an expensive fee and have your clone killed in your place. So he has the, he pays for the clone he watches the clone get killed before him. His wife is there and she's like, I can't deal with this. And, He's like, I gotta, she's like, I gotta go. Um, but he apparently hides his passport and then can, he's like titillated by this experience and starts hanging out with Mia Goth and her husband, meets more people, finds out that they're like these weird murder tourists that are really into this whole experience and like intentionally commit crimes so that they could watch their doubles get killed. Um and shenanigans ensue. It's like a weird drug-fueled hallucination murder orgy that takes place for like, I don't know, 45 minutes of this movie. <laughs> yes. um, then you find out that Mia Goth and her whole crew of murder tourists have just seconds. been using James to for their own entertainment on their vacation. Um, he tries to escape. And then uh, they end up finding him on this farm and they order him to kill a clone of himself in order to complete his transformation. And he does. And then she breastfeeds him. Um, And then they all are like, we're going back home. Vacation's over. And he's like, I have to stay here because I am messed up now. That was perfect. Yes, that was. It just ended. That's two minutes. Infinity pool. That was very high, high. High level. No, that was great. I mean, that was everything that happened in the movie. 
Because yes, it was forty five minutes of just tripping and and murder and, and murder orgy. And, yeah, it's it was a lot of things. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian, I'm going to ask you to start our section of likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. Tell us what you thought of this movie. And why, and why do you like Brandon Cronenberg? You said you, you like his directing stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's very interesting. I think he's an interesting director. I think he tells a narrative in an interesting way. I think he's handling themes that he has full control over. Um, I think that the thematic elements... So we'll go with my likes. I think the thematic elements of this movie are really fascinating, and the way he presents them are fascinating. Um you know, in terms of are we always violent and once we get a taste of it, we can't turn back? Um, how easily can we lose touch with humanity, um, especially when there's no uh, concept of consequences? Um, how rich people live on a different level than non-rich people? Mm. How people who weren't raised rich or married into wealth handle wealth? And mm. um, and still there's a difference between people with money and people who got money. Um, yep. I thought all of that was fascinating. And I think similar to Possessor, um, it has to do with a lot of, uh, you know, losing or gaining connection to past selves. Um, mm. I think that actually Possessor and Infinity Pool as a combo platter, um, you know, Possessor really talks about like a character realizing they long, no longer have a connection to their past self. And then Infinity Pool kind of ends um, like... Uh, talking about like you add another layer to it uh, in terms of with the money and like being rich and um, and you know more double stuff so I just think it's really fascinating um, I thought the the masks in this were spectacular I'm a big mask mm-hmm. guy I thought the masks were beautiful I thought the symbolism of the rain coming that like the idea of like that that archetype of that rain, rain cleanses um, mm-hmm. was really interesting, this like oncoming storm. So you have that tension. Plus at the very end, not even a monsoon can wash away what he did. Like it's almost like working against that archetype, which I really liked. Um, I like that uh, the individuals who are like on the island had the marks, the monsoon marks next to their eyes. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if there's a deeper thematic element to that, but to me, it was just kind of like this is an islander or not an islander or a person of this country because uh, I'm not sure if it was an island or not or whatnot because I think it's supposed mm-hmm. to be an Eastern European country that mm. has like water acts. I don't know. It's fake, so who knows? Um, <laughs> I really like the two perspectives of being, quote, in the arena. The first time they're in the arena, it's from the perspective of the real James, and the second time mm-hmm. it's from the perspective of the clones being dragged in there thinking they're real i thought that was excellent Mm -hmm. um i thought the gore was really good in this movie um you know they're working through privilege i thought the score and the tension that this movie brings and builds is awesome i think that the dream sequences the hallucination sequences similar to possessor are really well done and they're clear You don't ever, there's not, there's not like a random like donkey in one and you're like, why is he seeing yeah. a donkey? Like it all yes. relates back to like what he's experiencing. His wife is there. Um, uh, what, uh, uh, Mia Goth is in there. Every, mm-hmm. like you have all of these different, um, uh, images that relate. Um, I thought it was, I, I don't with, um, I guess, you know, lot, 
this movie has a lot of fluid. You have the, you know, you like have a literally? lot. Like literally. <laughs> right. I mean, aside Yikes. from blood, you have a lot of urine <clears throat> in this movie. There's semen mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is we learn towards the end that his book is about a urologist. Mm. Which I find I fascinating. That. Yeah. Um, um, like all of his mental break sequences going back are I I I truly feel like his mind splintering when they mm-hmm. keep when they keep creating a clone. It's almost like they're pulling something away from him. Um, yes. Like you can you mm. can feel that in those sequences. Oh, especially those images of like his head being cracked open mm-hmm. in those were just like very effective. Um, yeah. Because um, you have it when he's making the copy when he's on drugs in the house. Um, I love. Well, the let old, me ask. Can I yeah. ask a question about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because. In you just saying him losing a piece of himself, do you feel like that was uh, a particularly characteristic of him as a as a person? Because you have the other rich people who obviously have done this a million times, and it doesn't seem like it affects them. But maybe it mm. has affected them in the way that they really don't care about the human life anymore, and that's why they're kind of going on this killing spree. Like, what do you think? Yeah, mm. I mean, maybe... I also think you could tie that into the fact that, like, they've always experienced this privilege, so they're always kind of two-faced in a way, whereas, like, okay. he didn't come from this money. He never had privilege growing up. He only gained privilege when he married into the family with privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's a part of it, and he's never had to kind of deal with something like this before, that's even fair. on a smaller version. Um I also think there's a world in which like they had similar experiences and but they mm. feel freed by it and he doesn't. I actually mm. thought this movie was going to end very differently. I predicted while watching mm. this movie that it was going to end with them all getting into trouble again, but he couldn't pay for the clone so he has to die because his wife cut him off. Yeah. I thought and they're going and then the you the rich people are just like, "Oh, like we just had our fun or whatever it is." Like there's another mm-hmm. one. But like I like that's not how it ended because I think that almost was a little bit too predictable and this one was more interesting character-wise. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I, the nipples, not to like dwell on the nipples, but the idea <laughs> of like being reborn in the blood of his past self, like this mm. idea of like sucking from the teat of like violence mm. um, is, is a really striking image. Um, yeah. And I loved the sequence at the end, the boring talk on the bus. And he's just like, what the hell is happening? They're talking about like paying the contractor and like where the mm-hmm. keys are on the house. And yep. like all of that is fascinating. Um, he'd rather be with the worst parts of himself alone on the island than, or, or on the, on the, in the country than go back to the mundane life. Whether he just doesn't want to go back to that mundane life or whether he just can't compartmentalize the two things. Yeah. Or... Maybe he just can't face in the real world the things that he's done. Regardless of what he's feeling or thinking at the end of that movie, it's wildly effective. Um, Mm -hmm. I like the idea that the Infinity Pool title is a little bit weird um, in that, like, this all started because the guy was building an Infinity Pool. Right. And and the idea that, like, you know, now Mm. as rich people, like, they can just keep going back and forever and ever do whatever they want to do. And I like mm-hmm. the idea that pool looks like the infinity sign, um, like yeah. the two O's in pool. So those are my likes. I will never watch this again. I got what I needed to get from this. I thought it was super <laughs> effective. I, the performances were spectacular. We all stand Mia Goth, obviously. Always, mm-hmm. um, always, always. Uh, you know, our, our good guy Eric from uh, True Blood 
is always good. Um, I just thought everyone this was really good. Um, and then uh, I have. I have gripes with this movie, but I I know they're I'm just gonna say them and I'll let Jamie kind of explain them a little bit more because our gripes are oh. very similar. Um, nice. uh, I two things. One, I didn't think it set up enough his desperation um for him to be involved fully in all of this. I okay. think you know, what they're talking about his inspiration is gone as a writer. He got a mm-hmm. bad review on a book he wrote six years ago. His They present his wife as a nagging person who's a breadwinner. And that's kind of all they do to set that up in some ways. Right. Um, and uh, and then, like, this, the twist is that he hid his own passport. Um, I, I don't think... I, at that point in the movie, I could not buy into the fact that, like, this person would be, like, so manipulated and swayed by mm-hmm. that group of people. I'll stop there because I want Jamie to talk a little. She had more interesting points on that um, in yes. terms of, like, her feelings on that. Um, but um, I I really I really liked this movie a lot. I would definitely suggest it. Um, but I'm, like, good after one viewing. Right. Uh, I'm so glad you're talking about this, Jamie, because I actually had a question of, is it even believable that he would completely upend his life and leave his wife for these people? And and like Brian said, the passport thing, too, to know that he hid it. It's just so wild that after that one encounter, mm-hmm. he said, I'm going to stay here and, and and see what happens next. So, yeah, I mean, I... <clears throat> it, like now thinking on it more, am I like, is it, is it believable that he would like throw away his entire life for these people? No, I don't buy into that. I don't think that there's enough setup for us to be like, oh, he's so lost that like mm-hmm. these folks are, are, you know, availing themselves to him and like taking him under their wing, maybe not in like the best of ways, but like you know, they're gonna, they're, they're with him in this journey and like, they're, they're driving a lot of it, but like, no, that doesn't make sense. We don't get too much of that. And like his, his disillusionment with his life or like with his partner or with writing, I just feel like that isn't super strong, Mm -hmm. but I think that, I mean, I think that Mia Goth's character who's an actress, like, you know, is maybe able to tap into, like, his ego enough to convince him. But ultimately, I think it's less about throwing his life away for these other people and more just about, like, all of these questions about the other and cloning and, like, those things that are mm-hmm. that are pro- probably keeping him there more than just this group. That's upon sleeping on it, that's what I'm deciding makes a little bit more sense that like okay. the group is a part of it, but it can't be the whole thing. Cause that just doesn't, I don't buy into that like on a human behavior perspective. Like, yes. you know, there isn't something so compelling if I meet somebody new and like want to hang out with them and then like experience something horrible. Like, yes, there's trauma bonding, but like this is, his his like commitment to like keep going based on this group, I don't buy into that. But I mm-hmm. think that he's so like shocked and and like intrigued at this process. And he's like still actively like making sense of it, I feel like that yeah. maybe we can see why he would want to stay for 
a few more days, but like he also didn't have enough time to really fully understand everything that's going on. And exactly. it's like, you know, I, I, I just have a lot more questions about like the motivation to stick it out and like do all of this stuff and just wholeheartedly believe everything that everyone is telling him at any given time. Like mm -hmm. he's just operating so naively that like he's just like literally everything that Mia Goth says, he's just like agree. Why is he like doing drugs? Why does he believe her that like these drugs are are okay to do? Why does exactly. he like why does he believe anything that she is saying? She's already given you enough information at the beginning, knowing that she's an actress and like watching her little like you know, acting scene mm. to oh top, maybe have some top pause. Ten, top 10 moment in this movie. The yeah. bread, the cutting the bread. Easily. I just can't cut bread. It's impossible. Um, but like, there's just no connection for him. Like, he's just like, he's smitten because, oh, I, I have a fan. And like that, but like, I don't know. And maybe... I don't, maybe my ego is like not, maybe I'm too self-critical and I just like couldn't find <laughs> someone coming up to being like, oh my God, Jamie, I'm your number one fan. You do such a great job, you know, fixing brains. Um, yes. So like, I just don't know. I, I don't know what that's like. And I'm curious, I'm, I'm actually curious, Nikisha, as somebody who, you know, like does have fans and like, <laughs> like I'm curious about, like what would it take for you to to buy into what somebody else is saying if they're like you know like <laughs> I don't yeah know. it's, it's I just mean, so mind-boggling to me it is and I I agree with you this is a grown man and it's not mm -hmm. like an influential teenager who is being swayed by their elders or someone that they admire because then that in itself could be more believable. But you are a, a grown man and you had a book published and you're just completely upending your life because you have this one fan. There has to be something deeper than mm -hmm. that. And to answer your question, just in, in my own experience of just being in the performance artistry world, I mean, I talk to my therapist about this all the time. My ego sways the opposite way of I'm absolutely <laughs> highly self-critical and I never believe what anyone says about me because <laughs> I think that what I do is nine times out of 10 trash <laughs> to myself. So it's, it's, it's truly amazing that someone would just take this one person's mm -hmm. fan, fandom and say, oh, yeah, then if they think I can do it, then I can do anything, and I want to keep going with this feeling. Now, of course, as artists, we want to be validated, yes, mm -hmm. and so I can understand wanting to maybe talk to her more because you feel like you're going to continue to get more of that validation, mm -hmm. but I think there's definitely a line that is crossed that, that crosses into being unbelievable, right? Like Jamie said, I can kind of, I can understand you know, you kind of hang, you hanging out with them and wanting to find out more information about the things. But just to say that your one pinpoint is I'm staying here because I have this one fan here. And even though it's been years, you, you have a wife and you would think that she would be your fan. For 10 too years. They've been married for 10 years. Yeah. 
And why can't that person be your validation and your anchor and your grounding in order for you to say, okay, well, even though other people might not like this, I still enjoy writing and I want to find a way to make it fun for me again without the, Mm -hmm. without the need of other people. Because as an artist, your first instinct to do the thing is because you enjoy it, not because you're going to get validation from it. Right. And so I think it's really hard when people follow the validation of it because Mm. why did you start it in the first place? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what is your draw to continue on doing the thing, not someone else. Well, yes. Here's a question for both of you while we're talking about this. A, a gripe that I also had that I totally forgot about is at one point when they're laying in bed together and that's when he kind of goes, uh, leaves. His af- This is after they watch the double, his first time watching the double get killed. His mm-hmm. wife says something to the effect of like, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you emote? Like, who are mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Th- I mean, we don't get to know the wife that well in the movie, um, but that just felt like a disingenuous moment. That felt like the script trying to justify, like, or show the fact that, like, he's changed. But, like, I don't necessarily, Mm -hmm. for my money, for my, you know, cloning money, I would basically say, like, I think that was totally unfair of her. You don't know what's going through his head in that moment. We, Mm -hmm. as an audience member, know that something is broken at this point. Because one, Mm. he was jerked off by Gabby in the woods. Like, he feels a tremendous amount of guilt from that. He just hit somebody in a random country. Um... Three, he he just had this like operation essentially done on him where we don't know the outcome of it. And all of that just felt like a lot for her to say, like, what's wrong with you? And I yeah. didn't believe that moment. Did you have similar feelings while watching that moment in the movie? Because I feel like it's pivotal to why he decides to do certain things. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do because like, I, I mean, again, it's still, there's a part of me that's like, going back to the is there enough character development in the beginning Mm. or like the setup Mm -hmm. for for us to know whether or not his reaction is out of character because like in the beginning they're like their very first engagement in the very very beginning when they're going to breakfast and then she's like I'm gonna go to the beach like there's already clearly a blocker between Mm -hmm. them like they're Mm -hmm. really they're not as close as they once were and like the spark doesn't seem to be there Um, but that still doesn't give us enough to know if like his, his non-reaction in her opinion is, is warranted or not. Like I would still be processing, you know, all, all of the things I I don't know when I would not be like, like he's like being, he's, he looks like detached and maybe like dissociating a little bit. Like, Mm. I think that's a totally normal response to this series of traumas that he experienced in like. We don't even know how, like, 24 hours. Like, it's such yeah. a short period of time. Yeah. So I think that, like, you know, that that detach, like, detached, dissociating, that numbness that sometimes people get, like, it doesn't mean that they're not having a reaction. That is the reaction. And, exactly. like, again, that's a very normal reaction to trauma. So her, her kind of being, like, dismissive of his experience and just assuming that he's, like, super into it, which like maybe, maybe she does know him really well, but we don't know either of them. So it's like, you need Mm -hmm. to give us more to help us understand why this is so 
out of character for him. Also, something right. something I should add to that too is he's probably processing the fact that was he or wasn't he sexually assaulted by her? Like, mm, does yeah. that like he let he lets it continue, but like she starts it without his consent. So like right. mm-hmm. whether what regardless of whether we think it's sexual assault or not, like he's processing what that was. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because like he may have been letting it happen in the end, but it didn't start that way. And how does that right. work with um, how he's feeling about his wife at the same time? Like it's mm. it's it's something else that's obviously running through his head. Nikisha, did you believe that moment more or less than us? Yeah, I I think I agree with you guys in the fact that there was just not enough information for us to decide as an audience if, oh, we see that he is acting different. Because like Jamie said at the beginning, they already are not on the same uh, terms and and Mm -hmm. it seems like they are kind of breaking away from each other already. But yeah, I I would just still be thinking about, and not even the Mia Goth thing, but uh, when I was watching the movie, I was thinking, oh my gosh, he just killed somebody. And that's what would be in my mind mm-hmm. over everything. Mm-hmm. You just ended somebody's life. I would yeah. love to think about the simpler times of maybe this person did something <laughs> to me or not. You know what I mean? In comparison mm-hmm. to you ending somebody's life. So, and and I think the only um thing in the movie that also kind of gives us a things are turning is as during the execution they pan to him and he kind of smiles a little bit Mm, mm -hmm. and when that happened speaking on when brian was talking about what the ending might be i thought that the ending was going to be that the punishment is that the clone is the one that lives and lives with the Mm. wife and has to deal you know, and and, yeah. and the actual person really does die because what was also not believable for me was that the family would be okay just killing a clone of the person and not mm-hmm. the actual sure. person. Which is part of but his kind yes. of dream, or that that of the, of the of the young boy who killed his clone, kind of strangling him in the end. Yeah, still like yeah. that kind of guilt. But also, that's an interesting point because I actually thought at one point that was going to be some of the twist as well. But then when yeah. he mm-hmm. finally meets those people who had very similar experiences, and I think that I think the movie does does do a good job of showing how his experience is different than their experience, even though they're all in the same group because of maybe. Mm-hmm you know, he's not used to living a life without consequences. Like he wrote a book and the consequence was he can't write another one. Like, um, I think that was interesting, but also the doctor at that point says like, you ever think that you're the clone and the other one's not, but I think the movie makes it very clear that it doesn't matter in some ways Mm -hmm. because they're exactly the same. So even if the clone ended up living, the clone would still think it's real and never be revealed to and not be in some same, way. same memories, yeah. same like disassociation breaking that we know of. I'm kind of, I'm kind of filling in some plot holes there, but it's uh, totally. Yeah. But all in all, I definitely think that we just need a little bit more uh, context for us to really <clears throat> know that like Jamie said that he is desperate and that he really is trying to look for something else that is fulfilling because it's not mm-hmm. coming from his work. It's not coming from his wife. So he doesn't, you know, he needs something else. But yeah. can we also just in general talk about Mia Goth on the car scene? Because that mm, was the man. top moment for me as far as her just drinking her little wine or whatever and <laughs> riding on top of the car and saying, I'm a good actress, aren't I? And it's like, yes, you are. This is amazing. You are fantastic. Oh, God. 
It was she just, so just so good. So freaking great. And I I'm just like so excited for her career. She's so yes. interesting. And yeah, like even if there are things that I'm not totally sold on in this movie, like Mia Goth just makes me believe that like, sure, there there probably are murder tours. I mean, like Hostel existed already way before this movie came out. Like, yeah. you know, where yeah. are these mm-hmm. ideas coming from? Um, and, and so like, I'm so buying good. into, like, she is making me buy into the fact that like, sure, I'm sure ex- the, the extreme rich are going places and doing horrible things and mm-hmm. like, don't give a crap and like, are just like living their pretty little rich lives. And she is just so excellent at her craft. I, I just yes. love her. Yeah. She's so good. Um, mm-hmm. Everything that you guys said on the likes and gripes were all my likes and gripes, so I really don't have anything else to add to it except for just we will always stand Mia Goth because she's just an, an excellent – she's just excellent at her craft, and it's it's yeah. great. Um, we, but Jamie, do you have any more yeah. – right, Jamie? Hmm, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, most of it was just like Mia Goth, Mia Goth, Mia Goth. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think like I mean, I I enjoyed like the questions that it made me ask of like which version are we following? Like the real mm. person or the clone person? And like what does it actually mean to get your to watch yourself be killed? Like what does that do for the psyche? What does that do for like I mean to watch anyone get killed, but also it's like knowing that this is a version of you that like also has all of your memories and like the same mm-hmm. relationships and like like, it is essentially, like, you getting killed, even though you are outside of it. So it's, like, how does that – like, I, I enjoyed those questions. But then immediately after, I wrote a note that was, like, he's just really stupid. Yes. <laughs> he is. I agree. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I – you know, while I didn't totally buy into him, there was a lot of other elements that, like, I did buy into. Just, like, the idea of – this country and like what they were establishing was really fascinating. Like I was definitely intrigued by a lot and just kind of more disappointed at like following Alexander Skarsgård, even though I love him. Um, But also was just like, uh, I I feel like you could be a little bit smarter. Just a little bit. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was pretty much it. Are you, is that a one and done for you, Jamie? Um, Probably, I mean, I could probably watch this movie one more time just to like maybe pay closer attention now that I kind of know what the whole thing is just Mm -hmm. to see like maybe there are like glances and more like nonverbal cues that indicate kind of where he's at versus Mm -hmm. like, you know, more exposition to explain things. Um, So I would I would give this another go. Um, But like I said, I, I think I'm like still very much like processing you know, all of it. Yes. <laughs> the orgies, drugs, and, and all of it. My aversion to nipples. Telephobia. Telephobia, my friends. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I will also say, Jamie and I laughed at the same time 
when the twist of the movie was revealed, when the co- when the detective is like, well, the other thing we do is we can, we can make an exact replica of you. And he says it so <laughs> casually, we both Just... laughed because we're like, oh, okay, this is what this movie is about. But we were cracking <laughs> up. And But the movie yeah. does an excellent job of reeling you back in to make it realistic. I think that right. is a like. Right. That movie could go off the rails and become like this, like, this like non-believable sci-fi romp, but I think it definitely keeps you keeps it in it keeps it grounded for sure Mm -hmm. it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like it's something too out of the box which is is good even though the things that we are 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 griping about are not the fact that there's clones it's just the (laughs) fact that the guy is making the dumb decision james is just an idiot so the testament to the to the movie and its groundedness but we are and i yeah. I, I felt really smart because I did guess that he was under the, when he was beating up the one, mm. uh, what he thought was a cop, um, and they like did the oh, big reveal yeah. and took the hood off. I was like, I knew it. I knew he was under there. I knew it was all oh, a trick. Just all a trick. They just wanted to have some summer fun. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just summer fun. They just wanted summer just fun. Summer fun. Oh, that man. I fun. want summer fun, but I really don't want it to look anything like that. Please. Nothing like that. Yeah, do you want a little summer fun? Yeah. Come to this random country. Uh, no, thank you. Get close. Oh, my God. How funny was that ATM? Oh, God. I loved it. It was just like this this huge, empty, prison-like structure with like a little ATM in the corner. <laughs> like, Give us money. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Here you go. Well, oh, so here's a question. Oh, another thing that I loved about this movie is at the end when Mia Goth says, like, we thought we were going to have to get you in trouble, but you're so stupid <laughs> yes! that you got yourself so in trouble. Good. It was easy for us. That was funny. I did like that. So funny. It's almost like the lights turned off. That was his destiny. You know what I mean? In some ways. Yeah. I was expecting for us to find out that they set him up, that the lights were going to go out and then, like, the cop wanted more money, so the uncle let him borrow the car. Like, all... I thought that was mm-hmm. going to all... And for, for all we know... It was going to be that, but then she said that line, and it made me laugh because of what my expectations yes. were. Well, yeah. and and then just further proves the point of he is just an idiotic person in general. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he got himself in trouble, and he kept getting himself in trouble. Yeah, and over it was and over again. It also was disappointing in some ways because like he drove because he wasn't as quote drunk as the other guy. But like for mm-hmm. all we know, the other guy was saying that he was too drunk because like they were trying to set him up for something to happen. Right. You know sure. Exactly. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wild. Well. We've already kind of dipped into brains, but, you know, Mm. let's continue on because lots of brains, lots of blood in in this. The first thing I I want to ask, though, Jamie, if you had to Billy or Stu Mia Goth's character, which would she be? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. It's a scream, baby. Um, I, I think I'm going to say Billy. I think that there was definitely some, even though she didn't know how she was going to get him in trouble, like Mm -hmm. she said, I think like the goal, once she targeted him, I think the goal was always like, this guy is going to be our, our guy that we like set up and like do all mm-hmm. this stuff with. So like mm-hmm. she was going to do whatever she needed to do to like keep the bit going as long as she could. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't think, I mean, I think there's like enough forethought behind that to, to 
make her fall under the Billy bucket. Yeah. I mean, at, Billy bucket. at the very least, she Wikipedia'd him once. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. She knows the deal. Gosh, could you imagine Mia Goth in one of the Scream movies? Just how fantastic unhinged. that would be. Unhinged. Very much unhinged, but I will be here for it. I need for oh, her yeah. to show up in in something. I'm sure they they have more screams to come. And somebody put Mia Goth in there. Put her in all the things. Hello. Is this thing on? Hello. Somebody put Mia Goth in there. <laughs> Please. Uh, Grant. So we already, I did have a question um, about it being believable about James, but we already talked about that, which I love because mm-hmm. it just, we need more character uh, context guys for this, for that one in particular. But I do want to talk just a little bit about M's character, the wife and mm-hmm. her marrying James and them just talking about daddy issues because her father didn't want her to marry a writer. And so she went out and married a writer and I just want you to speak on Jamie why do you think that we as a people tend to go towards <laughs> find partners that are against our our parents wishes <laughs> we the sense. people we the people have decided to yes. <laughs> people our parents hate um yes. <laughs> yeah it happens I, a lot and it's we, it's it's crazy it's either they're yeah. like you find someone like your parents or you find mm-hmm. like who your parents hate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there's something to like an independence and like breaking away from yeah. from your parents and like, you know, making those choices on your own without mm-hmm. like yeah, without that influence. And so it's like if somebody is directing you and like there are certain cases where like, you know, some parents are narcissists and they, Mm -hmm. you know, do have too much influence over certain aspects of your life. So it's like, I'm not an extension of you. I'm my own person. Like allow me to make a decision for myself. Yeah. Um, So uh, I don't know if that's necessarily like a, a, like a daddy and mommy issue thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just like the first thing that, that it makes me think of is just like, you know, the, the decision to like make to be like, I'm, I'm an autonomous independent person. I'm going to make my own choices right. whether you like them or not. Um, especially cause there's like so many reasons why parents might not like our partners that like, mm-hmm. you know, the, <laughs> I don't need to, explain every single one of them right now when yes. some of them are, you know, not great. So it's like, yeah, again, people making their own decisions, hopefully they're, hopefully they're making decisions that feel right for them and not just doing right. it because their parent is telling them not that to. they shouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. It's just finding a sense of independence and then wherever that falls Takes is where them. it falls. Yes. Yeah. Did um did your parents like Brian when they first met him? Yeah, they did. Whoa! Didn't, <laughs> ex- didn't expect that question. <laughs> did not expect that question to come through. They do really wondering. like Brian. <laughs> I took them to a very nice uh, French restaurant that no longer exists in Midtown Manhattan, um, to Bobby oh, no. and they had a delightful time, and it was very nice. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, they didn't just like you because of Approved. the good. 
food choice. No, but it, I mean, <laughs> you know, you got to check all the boxes. You know, I, what, what I get, yes. I will be the first to admit that as, um, as uh, my, my uh, crazy ex-girlfriend says, I give good parent. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I give good parent. Such a great show. Such a great episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastical. Um, yeah, like I said, all the questions that I had in Embrace, like Jamie, you mentioned a lot of them already. Uh, so, Brian, did you have a question? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the end of this movie momentarily in terms of like the ability for the quote rich people, the Mia Goth and her crew, to compartmentalize everything that happened to them the violence versus real life when they're talking about the mundane things on the bus. And he just does not have the ability to kind of separate the two. He's just been fully indoctrinated into this violent life and he can't even go back. Can you talk a little bit about just like compartmentalization in general um, to his extreme, but then just like us on the day-to-day life? Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> it's such a big question because <laughs> I think like, man, I love compartmentalizing. What a favorite coping mechanism. Okay. Um, yes. But I'll be the first to admit, yeah, but like also <laughs> any anything – too much of, of anything is usually not a good thing. Fair. Too much compartmentalizing is not great because you're not really able to like fully sit with all of the stuff. Like you're not really letting yourself sit with all of the stuff. And so, you know, it's just under the surface. It's like are you know, at the end of this movie, are these rich people truly able to just like go back to their regular schmegular degular lives? You know, maybe they think that they can, but like it's it's certainly still taking a toll on them, whether they're aware of it or even care about it. But like, mm. you know, this impacts like it impacts your relationships. It impacts your ability to like do your job, like when you're overly compartmentalizing, especially like really traumatic and heinous things. Um, like clearly they're also really desensitized to all of the right. murdering and orgies and stuff. But like. That's also not good um, when we become, like, desensitized to these things. And some might say that, like, they're already, like, in in our reality, that people are becoming desensitized to, like, really horrible things because, like, of social media or, like, too much news consumption. And, like, that can be really harmful. That's something I talk about all the time is, like, in therapy is, like, you know, helping people navigate – their, their social media and news consumption because it it just, like, makes us feel way more distressed. We're, like, so much more anxious and overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, it's, like, you know, do we then compartmentalize all of that? And it's, like, can there be some kind of happy medium? Maybe mm-hmm. – I mean, maybe also don't go to a – touristy place and murder a bunch of people um, (laughs) to watch your clone get killed. Uh, So don't do that. But, you know, when, when you are facing like really traumatic, awful things or like general stressors, like general stressors, (laughs) figure out space to like start processing some of that, whether it's just like, meditating or, um, you know, like practicing grounding exercises to like check in with how you're doing and feeling, um, Mm -hmm. journaling, um, just like different things that you can do to like tap into 
some of what you're carrying versus just shoving it away. Because again, it's, it's not really gone. Um, and then like looking at, you know, Alexander Skarsgård's character, like his, on the, on the opposite end, his complete inability to compartmentalize because like, it's just so heavy. Like how, Mm -hmm. again, like, I feel like this is a particularly challenging thing to compartmentalize is like, all of all of what you experienced and witnessed and were a part of like the choices that he made in this week's time to just like be completely unhinged and like you know making you wonder are these like latent human characteristics that are under the surface that like when given the opportunity we'll just take advantage of mm. i don't know but maybe for some people and like just trying to navigate who he is. Like I think him at the end with Mia Goth saying like, you're completing your transformation. It's also just like, you've done all of these things. Like you can't go back to who you were before. Mm-hmm. Cause now you're carrying the weight of all of this stuff. And I don't think that compartmentalizing is going to help you just live your life. Cause you can't go back anyway. You've transformed. You are, you are like reborn into something new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, he's going to have an even harder time compartmentalizing because like now he believes that he is no longer who he once was. How do you go? Mm -hmm. You can't go back. There is no back. He's a new person. Um, So I think he just needs like a fuck ton of therapy. Sure. There you go. On the Island. (laughs) Also, I just wanted to shout out, um, uh, this Collider article that I read, Infinity Pool Ending Explained, um, by Chase mm. Hutchinson. Uh, Chase Hutchinson. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I thought it was really interesting, especially I, I like reading thought pieces after uh, or think pieces after I've done the work on my own. Um, but I thought that was a good one, just as uh, in general. I, I, I want to say that before I forget it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fantastic. Well... I think that's all we have for that. Do we want to do Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, let's do Rotten Tomatoes. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Okay. I'm so interested. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Jamie, why don't you go first? I'm going to say 69 Whoa, nice. hey oh <laughs> Appropriate. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say 65. Well, you are both very wrong. This has an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. That is very interesting. So the, cr- the critics' consensus is 87%, and it's turbulent mm-hmm. waters even for strong swimmers. Infinity Pool <laughs> provides a visceral, all-inclusive retreat of Cronenbergian perversion for those wanting to escape commercial sundries. Sure. That was very high level. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, the audience Oof. score is only 51%, which you got closer to. And yeah. that says Infinity Pool is definitely a wild time, but when it's trying to be scary or provocative, it's often just confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't necessarily, I didn't find this movie confusing right. in its narrative. I thought it was confusing in maybe some of its justifications. Hmm. Yeah. I agree um, with that. But yeah. All right, let's do the four S's. Yes. 
We've got skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Uh, we're going to start with Jamie. Give us your one through ten of skulls, scares, and shakes of what you think this movie is. Skulls being human health and mental behavior. Nope, human behavior and mental health. <laughs> mental. Uh, and uh, human health. scares, how scary it is, and uh, shakes, how, how much it's going to stay with you. So... For Skulls, I gave this a four because, again, for me, it was just really hard. I was not very well convinced that uh, somebody would just throw away their whole life to, like, pursue this thrill Mm -hmm. um, and just, like, believe a bunch of strangers uh, to start murdering people. That being said, for scares, I gave it a five because this movie is like pretty unsettling, intense and icky. And again, maybe not like jump scare scares, but I was like very uncomfortable throughout the whole watch um, Mm -hmm. because I knew that like something weird and wacky was going to happen. Then when we finally get into it, it's like, all right, like let's dive in. But still, I'm just like, like, that's just like my my ick. Um, and then for shakes, I'm giving this a six, um, probably cause I'm still processing it to myself, but, um, but no, I definitely want to like have conversations about Mia Goth and like the trajectory of her career with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is going to be a part of that thesis. Yeah. So. Your doctor yes. thinks it's really weird when you bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all you want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine was very similar uh, Skulls was also a four for me for the same reasons. Scares, I just gave it a bump up to six because it was just so much blood and so many stabby stabs that really made me uncomfortable. And Shakes, I did one down from you, Jamie. I did a five. Mm. So, mm. yeah, it'll stick with me. But it's definitely also a one and done for me. Sure. Um, I did fives. I did a five. Actually, I did fives for both skulls and scares. Um, I thought that I thought that it gets five because I thought that if you can just believe that he would get into this, like everything there is interesting. But I just have trouble Mm. getting to that point. Um, Scares Mm. is a five because it's not scary, scary. I actually think the scariest thing about this movie is the tension that the score builds. Um, yeah. And also those opening camera shots of everything just being twisty turvy. Like that's kind of similar to Midsummer. that like brings us into this backwards world, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. And then if I give, this is how I thought about this. Possessor is a 10 for me because I will mm. never be able to forget it. But this is not Possessor. So I put this at a 7.5 because I'm still going to think about okay. it and remember it. Um, especially if, as a package deal with Possessor, which... Which is my suggestion, Possessor. Yeah. Um, oh, you just going into your suggestions? Yeah, I also had another one. Uh, if you wanted to watch, like, Consequences for the Rich, uh, the menu is also not a bad one. Mm. <sighs> you just literally stole my suggestions no. right Jeez. out from under me. Was, you could clone. We'll create a clone who can do the suggestions. <laughs> Wow. Well, talking about Consequence of the Rich, that just led me to another suggestion. I haven't seen this movie, but from the trailer, it seems like it would be the same premise. Triangle of Sadness. 
Did you mm. watch that? No, we didn't see it. No, okay. that's that's an on the list movie. Well, I would put that because I also have Possessor. I mean, that's the easy suggestion to give. Yeah, I took the easy way out. But Jamie, did you have another one or no? That I just ruined everything. No, you really just took <laughs> both yeah. right I out guess from under. Watch me. Pearl and X. <laughs> I mean, oh, I yeah, guess like another yeah. another examination of the rich playing games ready or not oh sure mm. i mean actually that's a really good one especially because the yes. end you you kind of you you roll through all the consequences you know <laughs> when you said rich playing games the first movie that i thought about was clue <laughs> <laughs> also yeah right but I thought, well, that's not a horror movie, so why would she suggest that? But Ready or Not is <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Grant, well, I think that wraps up our episode of Infinity Pool. You can follow us on all the social medias, the Instagram, the TikTok, the Twitter. But keep following us on TikTok, guys. We're trying to just Woo-hoo. get our following up at Talk Horror Pod, P-O-D. And Brian, where can I listen to us? Yeah, listen to us wherever you get podcasts. That's inclusive of Spotify. That's inclusive of Stitcher. And of course, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. Thank you. The the reviews really do help. We're trying to grow. And um, as you probably heard in a million other podcasts, reviewing us, you know, helps put us out there, puts us into the algorithm a little bit better. And we'd love to reach Mm -hmm. more ears. So thanks so much for doing that. We really appreciate it. Beauty. Brian, do you have any quotes Mm -hmm. for this? Um... Just the one, I don't remember, I'm paraphrasing it, but just the one yeah. where, she, there are two. There are two great quotes from this movie. James! <laughs> That's You know great. what? That's great. That was a great. That was amazing. <laughs> that was a great impression. Oh, I'm not Love even, that. yeah. I was. Yeah. My my two were going to be Mia Goth quotes, like the, I can't cut the bread and like. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like you, you figured out a way to do it anyway, but like. That was incredible. We're done here. One more time. One more time, Jamie. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> James! <laughs> Just screaming. Oh, man. So good. So good. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank